1: This week, we're going to do a bit of a dive into what I think is an interesting conversation. Uh, creator discusses human intelligence. Um, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of things to uncover here, Carl.
2: Well, it, and it's a broad topic, but I think we can at least put a foundation in place. We may do a follow-up rather quickly about some of the issues and problems that come up. So there's greater insight where these problems come from and what can be done to help them
1: specifically. But we're gonna get an introduction to all of that as well from, from Creator. Well, as always, we got a lot to cover so we might as well get on with it. You asked Creator, for all the talk of friction stemming from differences in physical features and appearances, the difference in intellectual ability among individuals is one of the most striking and important to outcomes. Yet it seems to get the least amount of airplay. We know differences in human intelligence can stem from many varied causes. The widely accepted ones are, of course, genetic inheritance and the upbringing environment. But from past channelings, we know karma can be a huge factor, and perhaps the most influential, as well as dark spirit and extraterrestrial manipulation. Can creators share the divine perspective on what are the most foundational root causes of intelligence differences among individuals? All right, this is a
2: rather long channeling, but there's a lot of meat in it and a lot of food for thought. So this is what creator's words are. We would write karma as the most important variable in determining intelligence of individuals. And this is because the other factors you cite are in essence karmic in nature as well. The genetic endowment is but one influence on things but if you think about this more deeply who you are who you are with in terms of a family group and what that lineage has been involved in, their state of attainment with respect to becoming learned or remaining at a primitive level and understanding the workings of the universe, the more pragmatic needs for earning a living and being a contributor to society on a high enough level to bring rewards of economic security recognition with much growth and satisfaction in progressing are all interrelated. You choose your family and they choose you. You will not jump from a past history of having a meager mental ability because you have been constrained in multiple lifetimes with such a condition and then take a turn as a genius and becoming a professor at a top Ivy League institution and a world-renowned scholar simply because you want to have something different in the current life that opportunity, while technically always present, will not have the support of the past history through the genetic component as well as all the karmic influences stemming from how others have interacted with you and their energies continuing to do so even in a new lifetime. So there is always a kind of match with where one has been as at least an influence if not an overriding factor. Similarly, the nature of one's upbringing will be a function of who one is with, which has karmic roots in its determination as well as the behaviors the caregivers will manifest, how attentive and loving they might be, or how stern and judgmental and harsh they might be in making demands that might be too punitive to be a positive influence and end up crushing the spirit of the young in the family. Prior lives in being a taskmaster may well translate into an individual becoming an overly stern father who might stifle ambition by suppressing initiative and destroying self-confidence of the offspring. The same is true of a woman who by nature is endowed with many traits as a caregiver and a nurturer, but if sidetracked because of life circumstances and too great a degree of impairment... May have been part of a family that is dysfunctional and never given role models in effective parenting and then has grown up in a lifetime after lifetime as a similarly neglectful parent. May yet have that same pattern emerge in the current life. So if one is raised by such parents, their upbringing will have this underpinning of karmic influences to the negative. It could work the same way in a positive direction. If the karmic heritage of parents is one of lifetime growing up and loving families, this will be part of the nature of the individual and their prior learning they will bring into a new incarnation inevitably because each life is a continuation of previous lives. By the same token, there are dark influences always pressing on human society at all levels and on the individual level explicitly, because this is where the deception and destruction begin. To undermine the young at the infant stage is a high priority of both the dark spirits who seek to gain entry into the energy of young children and babies, so as to control them for the lifelong journey and gain in tapping their energy. And the extraterrestrials as well seek to manipulate and distort the thinking of the young, to subjugate them in various ways, to enable them in a state of complacency, to envelop them in a state of complacency, so they will simply be passive and not overreact to things not question, and not strive to change the established order. That serves the extraterrestrial alliance quite nicely, because they can maintain their grip on human institutions to render them ineffectual, working at cross-purposes and promoting incompetence at all levels, and misguided strategies and plans. This has held back human progress all through history and has been quite effective. So any human being will receive a good measure of such negative influences quite directly within their beliefs at the deepest level of their subconscious and this can hinder their intellectual development as well. This is also a goal in the manipulations of the extraterrestrial alliance. They have an ongoing program, in fact, to abduct every human child and poison the brain, which both restricts the intuitive reach, but also can influence the intellectual capabilities and other functioning of the mind, giving rise to various dilemmas such as learning disabilities and problems with attention deficit and hyperactivity. At extremes, this results in autism, which is a partial or even total disconnection in the ability to communicate with the outside world, and people are trapped in a body with a malfunctioning brain. And they may have a tremendous intellect and powerful mind in terms of their consciousness, but cannot express this very effectively in a body that keeps them more or less as a prisoner. So those are the dark extremes of what can go wrong. There can be many positives because the current generation of human beings constitute a new version of human functionality by virtue of the genetic endowment bestowed by Creator prior to the birth during the developmental stages. This new version of human is intellectually superior and gifted with a greater intuitive reach to have a much deeper understanding of things even without being taught because the intuition can reach out and find information on its own simply by having the desire to know. This is the greatest learning tool there is, but is only expressed to a meager extent in most individuals. The Divine Realm is working to correct this, but in turn has been countered by the Extraterrestrial Alliance with their campaign against the young through abduction and a dimming down of human young. So each individual is an end product of all the above influences to one degree or another directly, indirectly, small or large in their influence respectively. So here we are speaking of factors and influences only, not in any way the inherent capability and characteristics of that individual human being in terms of its soul and its potential. Each human being, no matter whether they're intellectually gifted or seemingly impaired, has a soul vastly greater and more capable than the level of function expressed as a human being. So, the problems all stem from the human container in what life experience and the karmic influences, as well as the unpredictable overlay of corruption by the interlopers, create as a net end product in the state of being of each individual person.
1: Well, there certainly was a lot of material revealed here, but I think the most important insight that I get out of this is that you need to be the change that you want to see in your life. That karma is momentum, and if you're going in a particular direction, you have to change direction and, and within, with intent and purpose if you really want to turn things around. If you're just marking time and riding the wave, so to speak, don't expect things to change, even in future lives is the message I get out of this. Well, that's one of many lessons, to be sure, because we
2: are in charge of ourselves here. We're, yeah. we're in charge of the world, for goodness sake. yes. And, you know, the the average person on the street would say, well, duh, you know, (laughs) of course we are. We're the only ones here. But those who are spiritual and religious think God is running things. And to some extent, that's true, but only up to a point. And this is a big lesson we've learned again and again and going to Creator through channeling and getting an update on what the divine is truly doing and what it's truly thinking about all of this. And it's not always in alignment with history or with the scriptures, unfortunately, and there's many reasons. There's been a corruption of divine wisdom and doctrine coming down from the heavens all through history because people are corrupted to get false messengers. And then when it's codified and put in writing, it can be selectively edited
1: by powers that be and so on. Carl, speaking of wisdom... You ask Creator, people recognize that there is a difference between intelligence and wisdom. Can Creator share the divine perspective on what the difference truly is?
2: All right, and these are Creator's words once again. Intelligence is, in effect, referring to the functionality of thought and, in essence, the capability to marshal and process information in a way that has some accuracy in execution as in putting one's thoughts together into a useful construct to convey information or elicit a response from someone, because it can be recognized as to its meaning, purpose and intentions. Intelligence is the ability to marshal facts and knowledge, to focus on an intention and create a desire and result, either an idea that can be acted on or implemented in some way to create something new Or make something happen or to influence others to perhaps join in a common purpose and gain the power of having more than one person involved. When whole groups of people come together in unity for a common goal, this is an obvious enhancement of the ability of the individual, but it must start somewhere. So intelligence is an important tool for leadership to enable organizing things. To gain that amplification through a collective effort, all of the power and the reach of the intellect and the creative application for setting intentions, designing an efficiency and various kinds of leverage to enhance the outcome and the potential for influencing something that is perceived as being a value are the raw materials of a creative effort. But none of this speaks to whether that effort is of a positive or negative nature whether it is highest and best for all, or it perhaps serves a single individual at the expense of everyone else, or some combination in between, where a group of individuals may work together and benefit while exploiting others and taking advantage of them in some way to gain personally at their expense and result in a diminishment of their lives. The missing factor here in the description of reality we are building is the wisdom to know the difference between good and evil. What serves the higher good of all in a kind of balance with self-interest? There must always be a recognition of the importance to serve the self. That is your main obligation and your first obligation, to serve yourself and serve your soul's journey. No one else can truly do this for you. The art of living is to do it in a way that will raise up others as well as the self and diminish no one, if at all possible. This description then requires any individual or group effort factor in a concern for the consequences of one's thoughts and actions with due consideration for the value and worth of other soul-based beings and a heartfelt desire to gain their trust and friendship out of respect that is mutual and therefore serves all in recognizing the importance of working in harmony with a unity of agreement and goals and desired outcomes. That is an example of divine wisdom in action and living through divine principles which we have shared with you to make available to others as the 10 divine principles for living That wisdom for humans is hard won. There are many logical inconsistencies in human thought and teaching. Divine wisdom is scattered and often corrupted. It is often misinterpreted and misapplied as well. So there is much to do to bring about an awakening and a greater awareness of what is truly divine and what is not, but represents the greatest source of wisdom.
1: Well, I want to I want to hop on this right here as you had mentioned it and uh, invite people to actually download the ten divine principles for living. It is freely available at getwisdom.com. You can get it directly by going getwisdom.com/ten t e n getwisdom.com/ten t e n and you can get our free ebook on the ten divine principles for living. So, wanted to get that out there while the. Well, that fire was hot, Carl.
2: <laughs> well, and and I appreciate that uh, because I was kind of thinking the same thing. We haven't talked about that in a long time. But yeah. you know, this is the answer to today's skeptic or critic or disbeliever. What about those goofy Ten Commandments? They're kind of strange. They're very selective. They're very draconian. There's many gaps. And, you know, what's with that? You know, is this the best God can do? And the answer is No. That was something that happened way, way, way back in history for the local conditions of the time, but the ten divine principles for living fleshes this out and fills those gaps. I think pretty nicely.
1: Absolutely, I want to say you know it's worth a read. Absolutely, my gosh, yes. Um, And I wanted to point out that this channeling I thought was amazing because every now and then, you know. You you want to take a step back and go, is this really creator coming through, Carl? And looking at this particular chanting, this definition of intelligence is just beyond brilliant. <laughs> you know, it is so concise, so well worded, so semantically strong. I, I just I, I can't gush about it enough. It is really on point. And well, and this, and, it, and it's complete in yeah. its
2: content. Yes, because it touches on so many facets. This is something that just came out of my mouth. You know, Brian sent this question to me. I record a list of questions. I sit down. I connect to creator. The questions come up on the recording, and then out comes creator's voice through me, and I record it. And then this is transcribed dutifully, and it's word
1: perfect. Yeah, exactly. We put in punctuation. (laughs) That's all we do to it. It's incredible. And, you know, people are looking for proof. That something's going on here, this is as good as it's going to get, I think, you know. But this is powerful, powerful stuff if people just take a step back and really look at it, you know. Just inviting people to open their minds a bit, which is what we're always trying to do here. Uh, be sure to check us out at GetWisdom.com. Beyond the Ten Divine Principles for Living, you can also get our prayer book at GetWisdom.com slash prayer, which is our most effective prayers for everything from Praying for protection from COVID-19, to wealth and prosperity, to health, to fitness—you know—to uh, helping others. The the prayers are all there, and they're they're key. They're worded in such a way to bring the most powerful results. So that's just part of what our mission is here too. Also, check out the Lightworker Healing Protocol training. You can get our ebook getwisdom.com/lhp. Check that out, and we'll be back with more on intelligence, human intelligence. When we come back after this. Welcome back to the 2nd 7 Get Wisdom. We are exploring the mysteries of human intelligence with Creator this week. Trying to dig deep into the knowledge that we're probably lacking and that we can uncover that can really help us understand the big picture.
2: Well, and it, it has many implications personally and in the broader reach of society. This is probably one of the major institutions throughout all history is the education of people. Yes, yes, And it, it's, a, it's a huge obligation we have to teach the young, raise them, but teach them also. And the degree of literacy and the discernment that they can develop, giving them the information to work with and that wherewithal are all important. Everyone, I think, would argue today that that, that is so. Yeah, and it can, be, it can be contaminated and you know, influenced adversely and so on. There's many people with agendas and so mm-hmm. on. But there has to be an inner capability. And
1: yes. so we're, we're probing into that
2: because there's things you can do about your inner capability,
1: too, that we'll be getting to. Absolutely. You asked, creator, intelligence can manifest itself in numerous varied competencies that we call talent. There is a broad consensus that talent is a gift from God. Others see it as a raw genetic outcome. Can creator reveal the true origins of talent and why there is so much variance?
2: All right, these are creator's words. There are many talents.
1: All require a
2: certain degree of intelligence for their execution. Almost any creative endeavor requires an integration of soul capabilities with an intellectual appreciation of their value and a logical progression of events to bring them into being in some form or another, as in a painting, sculpture, or musical performance or composition. The writing of poetry, the writing of great fiction, and other scholarly endeavors are clearly dependent on a high degree of intellect for the most part, But underlying all of human expression is the foundation of what has come before for each individual human being. You are living in an incarnation that is one of a series of many other lifetimes, all of which have contributed many things to learning and growth that become part of your being in terms of all of the stored memories of what you've accomplished and acquired with respect to knowledge, information, information, as well as skills developing for utilizing your knowledge and information and soul aspects that can be considered native talent for certain activities, as in having artistic ability, musical talent, or a passion for intellectual engagement in the sciences or other intellectual pursuits important to human culture. There is always a karmic backdrop involved here in the reworking of inner capabilities. You see this commonly in young people of today who are precocious and many highly gifted with singing ability, the rapid learning of a musical instrument, and a budding intellectual prowess that is apparent to all in holding great promise for that person's future. This does not come out of nowhere. It is a reawakening of prior capabilities and their expression for it to flow into the current life and be tapped to have a much more rapid development and to reach a higher level of expression than for the average person. The karmic history and heritage of many prior experiences is the reason for people's quite varied leanings in embracing a wide spectrum of keen interests and passions. Some individuals are fascinated by the sea and seek nautical careers. Others are attracted to farming, the raising of crops and livestock, holding endless fascination in the variety and variables that command quite creative capability to manage successfully. Others have more intellectual leanings and passions. There are budding doctors and scientists who find their way to such things at an early age and never waver in pursuing their goals. This is why the past is prologue. In the largest sense, because you are the continuum of a vast string of other lives lived in other times and places and which is unfolding in actuality as a series of parallel lifetime experiences that have crosstalk with one another. This brings into the current life experience an awareness of things being learned and lived elsewhere by each person in their parallel lifetimes. This is a difficult concept to grasp and appreciate, but is yet another reason for individual levels of attainment in terms of the signs of intelligence on display.
1: You know, I think there's a, a, a big hint that's dropped here by a creator we may have to explore in the future. Uh, it's talking about soul aspects that could be considered native talent for certain activities. That, that seems like a ripe, <laughs> a ripe activity to probe, actually. Well, I know that the soul makeup does vary.
2: That's the whole point of yes. creation. Not to have a sameness, but to have variety. Right. And a maximum expression of possibilities. So you're going to have all kinds of people. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and they'll they will often be expressing their strongest capabilities, their major sort of um, advantage given an extra endowment or a, a a makeup that helps it easily be expressed for certain kinds of things compared
1: to others, and especially personal interest and so on. Yes, and we're given a hint that music is, is one of those very talents that perhaps have a, a foundation in a native talent, native a uh, capacity bestowed by God. So in a sense, this idea that talent is a gift from God has some merit to it, but it, it's not wholly true in other words that talent has to be developed like anything else over time time implying exactly. spending lifetimes to become yes. truly proficient
2: yeah and that's why these prodigies you know can start playing the piano at four they they got a jump start because they've done it in other lives yes and it's spilling over into the current life so they have a they have a leg up Absolutely. You know, clearly they have talent, that's what it means, but we're hearing from Creator, that's
1: where talent comes from, in part, it's that prior learning. Absolutely. You asked Creator, how much does soul age factor into intellectual outcomes? In an increasingly secular world that dismisses the whole idea of the soul, such a discussion would sound silly. Yet, in trying to parse out the most important factors behind intellectual outcomes, raw experience would seem to place high on the list. What is the divine perspective?
2: Right, and Creator tells us the following. Experience is indeed quite important, and this factors in hugely in what we have been describing, that your life is but a continuum of a string of lifetimes, all of which contribute to growth and learning. It is not all available to your awareness and at your fingertips But you can, in fact, request your higher self to reawaken talents from other lifetimes that would be of use in the current life. And this can be worked on by the divine realm, rather than simply passively accepting what is currently apparent as representing the sum total of your talents and capabilities. So that you, by default, live within those limitations. There is always more you can do particularly with divine help and its encouragement. The old souls do have a clear advantage in this regard by virtue of the vast depth of experience and knowledge and prior skill development that can be reworked and repurposed in the current lifetime as part of the divine plan, as well as summoned along the way, as we have pointed out, is quite possible to do. There are some young souls in these beings although they have the blessing of the advanced human design, have the disadvantage in the meager prior experience at life in the physical plane. And this is a significant handicap because they have less from other lives to draw on and will be less well-equipped to make their way effectively in life and attain greater levels of achievement in whatever they might endeavor to accomplish. They essentially are simply still at a
1: learning stage. I would suspect, and this is probably something that could also be further explored with Creator, that uh, the younger the soul, maybe the less karmic karma impinges, you know, in the sense that um, to whom much is given, much is required. That That's probably a truism at the divine level, I imagine. That as we get to be older souls, we have the burden of our karma that's, that's it's more direct that they have to deal with. So there's well, a lot of that, free lunches it, along the way.
2: <laughs> no, it, it's absolutely true. But being the product of what's come before, everything works out in the way yes. it needs to. And the universe will enforce a kind of a balancing for all. So yes. those newcomers have disadvantages, but they do have the advantage of less karmic burden. So that is a benefit for them. But in a sense, each lifetime is a stage of learning and growth. So we're, we're always in school. We're always learning and growing, hopefully. Welcome Sometimes class. we're learning the wrong lessons and falling backwards. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're in school.
1: Yes, we are. We'll continue with the lesson. You've been, we've asked, you asked, Creator, we've been told that the reason for having 7 billion people on the planet currently is to bring in as much light as possible to try and tip the scales towards human survival and an infinitely better future for all, and all-hands-on-deck recruitment. It's been observed that some people can be amazingly wise and deeply insightful, but should never be trusted with sharp objects. (laughs) Are there old souls here bringing in immense light who have, in fact, have little in the way of actual experience in physical worlds? Can this account for some of the disparities?
2: All right, and Creator tells us this, in fact, is true. The old souls have more work to do or more to work with by virtue of their head start and vast experience base. But if it has not included tours of duty as a physical human being, they will still be naive in the demands and peculiarities of the physical realm and its ways of operating and influences on the being that pose a challenge in particular. The life of the light being is vast in scope and potential and easily controllable by the individual beings themselves, in addition to having Creator as a resource at their elbow, so to speak. So it is hard to go wrong under such circumstances with infinite energy at one's disposal and an infinite source of wisdom as a guide. The physical life of a human in the state of disconnection as well as diminishment Being in a fragile body that is vulnerable to many types of injury and even early death is a quite different experience. The workings of karma and their degree of harshness, commonly experienced, have no precedence in the higher realms. So there is an enormous learning curve for any newcomer to this experience. And even the old souls will struggle and suffer mightily in most cases until they get their sea legs. That may take a series of lifetimes to acquire, and at the same time, many will falter, and in fact, have a downward trajectory while accumulating considerable negative karma from traumas and failures that will become an increasing liability in each new life to overcome. This is the legacy of human progress, that it is done at the expense of a tremendous backlog of unhealed karmic trauma for everyone. It weighs heavily on each person and is the major source of physical illness of all kinds. So it is unfortunate and ironic that the newest, freshest, most pristine, soul-based newcomers lack the talent gained from prior knowledge and experience to be fully effective as a physical human being unless they can stand strong and stay above the fray long enough to make a contribution. This is why the influx of new souls is a mixed blessing at best. They do bring in tremendous new light, but may flame out rather quickly, being overcome by the burdens of physical existence early on, and in effect sidelined as a consequence. The answer for all of this, of course, is the enlightenment that healing alone will bring. And this is an important part of the human burden and responsibility.
1: I think there's a lot of a lot of new insight in this channeling. You know, it's a it's a question that kind of been tickling me for a while, but uh, the answer is pretty profound. You know, that, that there's you know, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, Carl. You know that, right?
2: <laughs> I've noticed that. I'm trying to learn to climb fences as we speak here. <laughs> Might require I, some
1: experience. I don't know.
2: I, I'd like that greener grass, personally. <laughs> I, I it, it sounds wonderful to me. Uh, I'd be delighted to be in heaven right now from most perspectives I hold, except for one. That is, I'm on duty. <laughs> yes. So, I chose to be on duty, and I'm going to do my darndest while I'm here to shake you guys up if that needs to be done, and and I do it lovingly, and Creator does as well. If yes. you hadn't noticed, Creator strides to present a balance and never an overwhelming discouragement about anything. You know, the, the facts are badly bad enough, and we need the inspiration and upliftment along with it to keep our head above water and keep paddling. <laughs> Because we have work to do, but the, the, the task at hand is to raise us up. That's why we're going through all of the challenges, because we're going to be experts in overcoming negativity. When we're through with this human trial period, we're going to know better than anyone in the universe about free will, its responsibilities, and how to handle things when someone gets off track. And especially when they really darken in some way and don't realize it. Indeed. We'll see it and we'll know what to do and we'll stand strong because
1: we've been there. We've done it. Well, you know, you use the word balance that creators try and present here. And I think that's a huge lesson that all of these channelings really portray is that if you look at every individual, even, there's going to be some kind of balance there. You know, if they're. If they're a new soul, they're going to have a lesser karmic burden. If they're an old soul, they're going to have a bigger karmic burden. Um, if you have a talent, you know, it needs to be developed. But if you have other talents for different spread across the, the realm. And the one thing about Creator that we've noticed is that not only does Creator value free will, but it's, it's apparent. It's, it's one of those, well, dull moments that Creator also values uniqueness, Why else would there be unique snowflakes and unique grains of sand? Everything is unique when you think about it. And why wouldn't the human soul be also unique in its characteristics? Well,
2: and uh, this is a wondrous realization of the reality of the divine. Why isn't there just an absolute symmetry and totality That all leads to one set of possibilities that are invariant and there's no variation or uh, deviation from that pattern at all. Instead, we have the opposite. We have a wondrous, endless series of creations, each one of which is a work in progress, literally. There isn't perfection anywhere. There is only different embodiments of a set of perfect possibilities and Creator is working in a sense along with us to revise and update and upgrade created beings in various ways. And this and is it, true all, all through the, the, uh, the ecosystem.
1: Yes. And you know, the fact that Creator in the divine realm values uniqueness is contrasted by the fact that the darkness does not the darkness actually wants the sameness and clones and uh, a single pointed destination. Yeah.
2: Well, and that's very telling because it, it keeps everything under the control of whoever is making that decision and enforcing it through brute force. That is the world we're in at the moment, unfortunately, and it's contaminated everything. Indeed, you know, doesn't. we're, We think we're free because there's so much variability and people are all over the place in their politics, their religious beliefs, their social perspectives, their national loves and hates and so on. But that's an illusion. That is a purposely created division into fractions and factions of people who are groomed to hate one another and cause discord And keep everything in disarray. That's quite the opposite of having freedom.
1: Absolutely. Well, we're up against a break. We'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this.
0: Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about the creator's perspective
1: on the mysteries of human intelligence. And uh, we were talking at the end of the last segment about uh, to whom much is given, much is required. I think the uh, the next question coming up here explores it a little bit, Carl.
2: Well, it, this is uh, very much a reality that we are instruments of the divine because we're from the divine and part of the divine. That doesn't mean we all have to be clerics, but <laughs> but we have a certain obligation to the charter we have, being down here in the physical at a crucial point in human history. Indeed. People are blind to this because we're disconnected from the big picture. So, so I think it's, it's good to look
1: at the idea of obligation a little bit here. Absolutely. You asked, Creator, it's been observed that many really smart people feel entitled in their prowess and have no perspective that such abilities should be used for any purpose other than benefiting themselves almost exclusively. This certainly seems to be the case for those in the extraterrestrial alliance. Did this outlook have its origin with the fallen angelics and their corrupting influence?
2: All right, and Creator tells us the following. This is very much the case. The fallen angelics were once angels with great reach and power, but through the failings of ego became too self-centered and self-motivated in their doings And this started them on a downward course and proved a slippery slope indeed from which they have yet to recover. Their fall from grace is an object lesson to all, that being out of divine alignment can end in your demise. Their corruption of the physical extraterrestrials now holding Earth in its grip, as well as in the corruption of human beings to darken them, increase their vulnerability, make them less capable, and also corrupt in their thinking to prey on others and embrace evil increasingly creates a dire situation that puts all of humanity at risk. The civilizations belonging to the extraterrestrial alliance are headed for oblivion, as are the dark spirits, which have already been cut off from divine support. The only thing that can save them is a human outreach requesting divine assistance to speak for them, to be raised up and saved through a reintroduction of an awareness and acceptance of love in their thinking and to have as a goal in life. This can solve the problem of evil for all time, but must be done by humans. Without that, all of those beings will perish and may take humanity with them. So there is much at stake in making choices, whether to help
1: or not with this situation. You know, I'm reminded of a quote from Christ in the Bible that the wages of sin is death. (laughs) Um, I think in this case, we're talking about the death of the soul, not necessarily after one lifetime, but after a long series of lives where corruption can bring you down.
2: Well, it can get that serious, that dire Humans are relative newcomers to the universe. Many of us are old souls who have been doing other things in other places and timelines, but this is a new enterprise and it's created specifically for this task to root out evil and bring it to an ending through application of loving healing. We must ask for that to happen because we're the boots on the ground, and that's our charter. They're in our face. They're in our realm right now, this physical environment. We must act. And so we're giving you the insight about it and the tools to work with to bring that about.
1: Yes. And my my, my observation is that creator wants self-managed, self-managing beings, you know, that and and this whole free will experiment is set up that way that we are in charge and the creator's not going to come in and creator's own initiative to do anything creator is going to respond to our initiative so that is a, a key point we get life support
2: so we have a body that works most of us and we're able to breathe and get oxygen that is life force energy coming in courtesy of creator But the rest is up to us, truly. yes, We can get inspiration, encouragement, upliftment, inner guidance, and support also through working on our environment to make it better, safer, healthier. But we have to
1: ask for all those things in order to get that happening. And the most important thing to ask for is healing, which we're going to ask about right now, actually. Can you ask Creator? Can Creator share how prayer work and the Light Worker Healing Protocol can heal the root causes of intellectual impairments?
2: Okay, and this answer uh, evolved really to apply to impairments in general. So pay attention. This is this is your answer. This is the solution. Creator says, we began our discussion of the sources of intelligence and the factors influencing the personal endowment enjoyed by an individual, and the interesting end result being the major factors are the influences of others and the environment as a whole, as much as or even more than the inherent ability of the individual on display. Each person in their makeup is the sum total of a myriad of influences coming from many sources and a long prior history individually and collectively. The saving grace here for someone who may be suffering or desiring to have greater capability in some way or potential to improve their lot in life and particularly to deal with difficulty when they are falling behind and feel impaired in some way or are impoverished by life circumstances holding them back. There are answers through partnership with the divine. The best ways to do this, once one has embarked on cultivating the requisite belief in the divine and belief in the self, to be worthy of a divine partnership, one can then reach out in prayer to request assistance directly. The better one defines one goal, one's goal, explaining what seems to be missing or not working properly and inviting a solution and to do so on a regular basis and to further request that a solution be worked on and this request to be kept active and enacted over and over and over again ensures you not only have a place in line, you have a place in line every moment of every day to have a divine response set in motion on your behalf. Benefit in learning how to use prayer effectively and that's why you have reached out to us to learn how to make better this process and build in leverage to increase the likelihood, the speed of enactment and the level of benefit and effectiveness of the divine response you may be granted. These empowerments you are sharing with others and we are happy to recommend and promote your efforts to others in this way because it was our intention for this to happen and is an example of what we are discussing with you in taking advantage of a divine partnership and gaining a benefit and seeking a better path that will lead you to a better future in the bargain. This is an exercise in human fulfillment and the art of living that will help everyone to be raised up and the world to become better. If all were to reach out in prayer, the world would change overnight. What the individual can do, in addition to an individual prayer outreach, using the tools of empowerment we have taught you is to request high-level healing for any and all involved in the survival and success of the divine human experiment in free will. The best tool for this is using the Lightworker Healing Protocol because it is, first of all, comprehensive in including every source of human negativity that can befall a person. And it also encompasses healing for everyone and everything and the wherewithal to actually make this achievable, given that no human being has the power to help everyone through their prayers as usually given. People have not been taught how to pray with a level of empowerment to reach much beyond the self and perhaps a few others. That is the key to your future, learning about and implementing that empowerment. This is what the Lightworker Protocol does to the ultimate extent by building in ways to bring in many, many powerful sources for healing and the pooling of the healing endeavors and their repetition and their implementation, not only in the moment and the immediate future of all beings who have a stake in the outcome of this endeavor for the continued survival of the universe, but this includes the perpetrators who are the source of all the problems you face. This is the single most effective way you can progress as a species, to heal your perpetrators and remove them as a source of negative influence and a hindrance that holds your very survival in the balance. No one else is teaching this, promoting it, and giving you tools that have any chance of turning the tide here. You need the most powerful explicit and divine level intervention through requests that are not only heartfelt, but have the wherewithal in understanding what is needed, how the divine realm heals and solves dilemmas of this kind, and how to request it effectively in order for this help to be granted. This is a test of humanity and a learning curve in developing and implementing your divinity. If you embrace this wisdom and implement it, you can save everyone who is in peril otherwise. It is your choice and always has been. If you rise to the occasion, you will not only prevail, you will excel and advance into a glorious new future that awaits you, but can only happen if you engage with your challenge and request a divine solution. You cannot solve this through your politics. You cannot solve this through your military. You cannot take on the darkness personally or even as an aggregate of physical beings. Only the divine can encourage them to loosen their grip and withdraw so you can truly begin healing once and for all without continued renewed woundings holding you down. Not only limiting your progress but taking you to the brink of your annihilation. That is what is at stake. You can turn the tide if you work with us. You need to learn about what it takes, how to participate, how to be effective as a warrior for the divine. It is not so difficult. You have learned much more difficult things and mastered much more demanding skills than simply how to ask for help in a sophisticated, intelligent, and knowledgeable way. That is within the capability of everyone. The question
1: is, Will you be among them? The question I have is: do you want to be a hero? Because we need heroes, and the heroes are the ones that are going to actually save humanity. And we're learning here that the way to do that is prayer work and a light worker healing protocol. So if you really want to make a difference in this world, and I know I do, Carl, I'm not I'm not I wonder about you sometimes, but I know I want to make a difference. Prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol are the means by which that's going to be accomplished.
2: Well, and one of the beautiful things we don't say probably often enough is that if you half believe in this and want to give it a go, you can hire us to help someone, anyone. They don't have to even know this is ethical because this is essentially a high-level informed prayer request, this Lightworker Healing Protocol. Everyone has someone in their family who is suffering and unable to help themselves, and the system yes. is not helping the The mainstream. They don't have a full array of tools as yet. So never, this is something you can do
1: for anyone, anywhere. Absolutely. I've never heard of anybody say that it was unethical to pray for somebody ever. You know, exactly. I, haven't heard, I haven't even heard atheists complain about that. They just think it doesn't matter. But nobody nobody has ever said it's it's unethical to pray for somebody. Yeah. And, and that's true, and you can engage somebody who who uh, has the deep belief in order to get that level of, uh, of prayer effectiveness. And so check us out at GetWisdom.com where you can check out our healing services. We have a menu item on healing, and you can go down there and you can look at all the various healing services available. Also, if you are interested in checking out the Lightworker Healing Protocol, download our eBook at getwisdom.com slash LHP. We are out of time once again, Carl, but thank you very much for everything that you've bring to the table.
2: Well, and you can look at our testimonials and see what we've been able to do to help folks. So be well, thrive. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly they'll be here at 10 a.m pacific time and 1 p.m eastern time on the voice america empowerment channel we wish you a beautiful week